This is boring, but like in the best way. Wow, I feel like I fully nailed it. You fully nailed it, Tara. <laughs> I was like, wow, Tara's nailing this. The music is so good. It's like really, really good stuff. Are we familiar with this word? Are we gonna do a vocabulary lesson for the audience here? Again, I'm really ready with lots of ideas. So like Let's someone go. just call me up. We're standing it. Hi everyone, and welcome back to After Broadway, the podcast where we deep dive into anything and everything musical theater from the comfort of my car. I'm Tara. I'm Stefania. And in today's episode, we're talking all about Sing Street. Don't be fooled. Sing Street is not coming to Broadway at this very moment. Um, but we were we were about to break the news. We were about to imagine. <laughs> we had the scoop. The, like we've talked about Sing Street off and on, like basically since we started this podcast, because it was like in the works for a long time. Then it had a New York theater workshop run. Then it was announced a Broadway run. Then the pandemic happened. Then they had an out of town run in Boston last year. And now it's still kind of like up in the air of like, will this musical ever make its way to the stage? So while we wait for that, we figured let's talk about this movie because you always talk about this movie. It was like a musical movie mm. that you really loved and I had yes. never seen it until yesterday. But before we get into that, let's talk about some news that's happened in the last 24 wow. hours. Um, it's July some, 11th when we're recording this episode. Some personal, personal <laughs> some theater. Um, but theater news first. So yesterday, um, the announcement came that Eva Novozada will be leaving Town in August. And like, I was thinking about this today, but when was the last time a show lasted this long with its original cast members. This was a unique uh, situation because of the pandemic with a year and a half of closure in the middle. But yeah, when did it win Best Musical at the Tonys? 2019. 2019? So it's four years later and our original two stars, Orpheus and Eurydice, are still there. Mm-hmm. And... Our original star, Orpheus, will still be there. He will still be there. He's been <laughs> in Spider-Man for a long time, if I'm not mistaken. So long, yeah. Um, but yeah, Eva is leaving, and the internet assumes that she's leaving because she has something lined up. Lined up. Which maybe leads me to my next piece of news, which is finally, we have learned that Cabaret is transferring to Broadway. Um, this is the London West End production of Cabaret. Um, there were rumors that this is the, like, Eddie Redmayne led. His name is not attached to the cast announcement today, but it's mm -hmm. still, I think, like, a looming rumor. That's what people still think. And thanks to Melanie LaBerry and some other people on the internet, we're now placing Eva Nogalzada in the Sally Bowles, um, casting arc. And I'm happy with this. I think she'd be amazing. Yeah, I'd be very, very excited to see her do something like that. I think mm -hmm. it'll be kind of different from things she's done before. So, uh, yeah, a little, oh. a little similar to Eurydice, not really, but like a little grungy. Sure, you haven't seen Hades Town yet, so <laughs> you're right. I haven't seen Hades Town yet. Maybe this week. Maybe. Oh <laughs> um, and the last piece of theater news is that, I mean, we knew that Matt Doyle was leaving Little Shop of Horrors this weekend, I believe. But now we know that he's going to do a run of a musical that nobody asked for, no disrespect to the Sinatra family, but it's a Frank Sinatra, like, bio-musical. Oh, God. I'm falling asleep. <laughs> so, 
congrats to Matt, I guess? Question mark? I don't know. There was a sweet story that I saw on Twitter where they were auditioning people for this and Frank Sinatra's daughter was in the audition rooms and she was like, no, that's not my father. That's not my father. But Matt Doyle came in and said, I'm half Italian. And she's like, <laughs> that's him. That's my dad. So wow. the half Italian <laughs> is strong. Okay. It really, it, it opened some doors. For you. I didn't read that. That's so funny. Um, so I don't know how long that's going on for. I think it's like a few weeks in London. And then like, yeah. I just saw it on Playbill's like ones to watch could potentially transfer. I mean, we know Broadway loves a bio musical. So they do. I mean, that's probably the goal of it is to transfer, yeah. but maybe it's bad. We'll see we'll what see. happens. Even if it is bad, it'll probably transfer. Honestly, so. you're right because it's Frank Sinatra. It's a name player. The like, Neil Diamond musical is still still going strong, still and they're going on tour. <laughs> it's and I think it'll run for a while because everyone wants to sing Sweet Caroline with a thousand other people. I think they just extended. I think it was like extended past what they originally thought. So, congrats to Will Swenson and company. Um, and then, Steph, do you want to share the personal news? Our personal news <laughs> that today I participated in. The Eras Tour presale and walked away a victor. Can't walked believe away. it. <laughs> In Europe. We're going we're back Europe. to Europe. Going <laughs> um, to Europe to see, to see Taylor. Yeah, for anyone that listens to us in Canada, as you know, Taylor Swift is not coming to Canada. So we've all had to figure out other Resort. means to get to see her. Which means um, going to... I was going to say remote. It's not that remote. We're going... <laughs> To a city in Europe we've never been to before, which was on purpose. I only yeah. signed up for pre-sales in places I'd never been to before. To, you know, use it as an excuse to see a new country, a new city. So, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. That's theater. That, the Eras that, Tour is theater. That's art. <laughs> it's art. It I mean, is. It's not a joke. It's theater. No, it is she theater. It's on, it's a full show. It's a three-hour show. No intermission. Show. No intermission. Like, good, good for her. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's a long show. All her that barely leaves the stage. And literally, like, 20 minutes ago, I didn't realize that Paramore was opening this, so now I'm even more excited. <laughs> I know. It's a good opener. Yeah, in Great. the States, they've been having two openers, but it looks like they're going to have one in Europe and one in South America, which is fine. Are we ever going to get a Taylor Swift jukebox musical? What do you think? Well, I did say that they should have had a Taylor song in And Juliet. Yeah, because um, Max Martin has worked with her, too. Yeah. yeah and like, allegedly is working red. with her right now. Oh, really? Yeah. His name has been, like, floating around because she's been, like, every day that she's at not on tour, she's, like, at the studio in New York, and his name has been floating around. Amazing. I mean, love love that. Yeah. He has stuff with her on Red, I think, mostly. Mm. Um, like, I Knew Your Trouble, I think, is Max Martin. That could have... St- like, I think we discussed this, but that could have easily yeah. been in Anne Juliet. I knew you were in trouble when you walked in. Shame on me. Romeo. Um, yeah, okay, if we get a Taylor Jukebox musical, this is the thing. Because Taylor's had so many eras, how do you even pick? How do you even pick which songs? And it, it's not a bio musical, in my opinion. No, honestly, it would be kind of like Once Upon a One More Time, but we're already doing that right now. Yes, but that's so true, like a fairy tale story. Yeah. But Britney's catalog, Love Britney, is just not as large, in my opinion, as Taylor's. Mm, no. 
I don't know how many albums Britney has, but Taylor at this I point I think has, she has a lot, but like a lot does. of the songs are like not as memorable as others. That's the thing with Taylor. Everyone listens to full albums, whereas with Britney, Britney's more of a singles artist, which is yeah. just a symptom of the time that they yeah. like became famous, became stars. Um, but yeah, I'd be really, I don't know what you would do with a Taylor musical. I think that's very far in the future, personally, yeah. if it ever happens. Um, (laughs) from Rome we're ready to go Um, so yeah that was all of the news and now let's talk about Sing Street so Steph what is your relationship with this show this movie this everything so the movie Sing Street came out in the year 2016 and I was trying to remember why I watched it in the first place I really think I had just seen someone on Twitter I really don't remember who saying this should have been nominated for the Golden Globe for Best Comedy or Musical. And I was like, okay, well, love music. And also, it's directed by the same person who directed the movie once. John Carney um, wrote and directed the movie once, and he wrote and directed the movie Sing Street. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, you know, I was like, hmm, I love the musical Like a once. gateway. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I love the musical once. The poster looked fun. I was like, let me watch it. And I think I just watched it in my bedroom, on my computer, by myself. And I just loved it. I thought it was so well done. Wasn't it nominated for a Globe? Maybe it was. Maybe they were like, it should have won. It might have been. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it says says 2017 nominee Golden Globe. Look at that. Okay, they they were like, they should have won. Who are the competitors? Who is it? I mean, as we know, the Golden Globes are meaningless, and I also think they don't exist anymore. Isn't it back? No, I thought thought they're back. I thought I thought the oh my god, foreign press was being folded into something else. Take a guess what won in twenty seventeen musical or comedy? La La Land. Yes. La 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 Land. Yeah. So I mean, (laughs) I guess. Um, also in the musical comedy category, Deadpool, Florence Foster Jenkins, and 20th Century Woman. So. Okay, so pretty thin. Pretty thin. Um, I mean, Deadpool probably could have won for comedy if they really wanted to go there. But, like, La La Land is in its own category within all of those movies. Yeah. Did La La Land win Best Comedy or Musical, and then Moonlight win Best Drama, and then. Yeah. You know, the Oscars were what they were. Um, so, Wow. Lola also, the year of um, Manchester by the Sea, Lion. Love, we love this love. year. We've talked about this year before. We have talked about this year because we talked about La La Land. Yeah. Um, Moana was the animated but didn't win. Zootopia won that year. But, like, musical-wise, mm-hmm. Sing also came out that year. Yeah. yeah. Lots of good stuff. But, yeah, basically, I watched this movie by myself, and I really loved it. I just... What did you watch it on? Do you remember? I think it was on Netflix at the time. Yes, but I don't think I had Netflix at the time. It might have been just, like, one to three movies. Oh, great. Because I only say this because, like, in looking for it now, it's still on European Netflix. But it's not oh. on Canadian Netflix. And where did we watch it, Tara? Tell everyone. We watched it on Tubi! <laughs> I, last night, downloaded the Tubi app to my Amazon Fire Stick. Wow. I didn't realize that there would be ads. It's Honestly, like... They weren't that bad. Not that bad. There was probably like four or five ads throughout the entire thing. They were very quick. Not even, I felt like they were shorter than a YouTube ad sometimes. And like, 
perfect quality on Tubi. Obsessed. I just watched it on my computer again this time. I logged into the Tubi app. I had to make an account. I just used my Google account and I got to watch Sing Street. It was very easy. Yeah. So let's stand for Tubi. Let's I go. Know. What else is on Tubi? What are we missing? I, can I tell you? I had to explain to my friend what Stan meant. Um, and so I was like, have Why you don't seen... you explain it to us? Okay. So <laughs> she's, she was at work and someone was telling, they were talking about Taylor Swift. And they were talking about stands, and the, her boss was trying to explain to everyone what a stand was. And she's like, I don't really understand what a stand is. And I was like, okay, have you seen the, do you know the Eminem song, Stan? And she's like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> sorry, what? <laughs> do your homework. Um, so I was like, okay, you have to go home. And I was like, ask your husband to show you the Eminem music video, Stan, because he'll know. So the Eminem music video, or the Eminem song Stan is about a crazy super fan of Eminem's and just like kind of increasingly deranged letters that he yeah. sent to Eminem. Yeah. Um, in like the summary. But now we use Stan based on this music video and this moment as a word for something stronger than fan. It's like a it's, super fan, but like yes, almost like more than a super fan. fan. Like an yeah. obsessive fan. Yeah. Um, and also, I was like, also you can use it as a verb in the way you can't use fan as a verb. You could be like, I stan this. <laughs> yeah. um, you can't be like, I fan this. Right. Well, I guess you could. But I mean, you could, but yeah. You're like, I stan the musical Sing Street or the movie we, Sing Street. We stan Tubi. And also, while <laughs> we we're on Tubi, Tubi, just while we're here, might as well make a shameless um, promotion. My brother's movie, Robbery, is on Tubi. So anyone listening that has Tubi, type in Robbery and you can watch it. You can watch. And you can look for Tara's name in the credits. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's so Um, funny. Yeah, I I forgot that 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 happened until I just like Googled it. What's on Tubi? Um, We love, you know, so many things are now paid. And you know what? Sometimes I'd rather watch an ad. Then pay a membership fee. No, I agree. And again, like not bothersome ads. So it really was fine. Really barely noticed them. Really barely noticed them. Um, But yeah, when I first watched it, I really kind of adored this movie. I loved kind of how quiet and I was going to say simple. Simple is not the right word for it, but I love that it was like a family story about Yeah, give us a like brief synopsis. Okay, a brief synopsis. Okay. Yeah. So we have our main character, Connor. He, his family um, is going through a financial hard time, so they take him out of the uh, school he was going to and send him to a public, like, Catholic school, I think. Yeah. They're in Ireland. So, yeah, it's a public Catholic school. Um, and he does not fit in, and he is kind of looking for a place to fit in. So he sees this girl across the street. It's an all-boys school. He sees this girl across the street, and he's like, love her. She's so beautiful. She's so pretty. So he goes to her and basically lies and says he's in a band to impress her. And so then she's like, okay, I'll be in your music video. He's got to make a band so they can film a music video so he can hang out with her. And then they kind of end up creating art. This band ends up becoming his passion, his motivation. Um, And he finds like a found family with the band, I think. Um, I loved when he kept going to Eamon's house to write music, you know, whenever he mm-hmm. needed to like, work something out or talk something out, he would just show up at Eamon's house being like, you want to write a song? I'm here. Yeah. And be like, yeah. Um, and basically, by the end of the movie, by the end of the story, um, Connor wants something bigger and he thinks that maybe music or maybe leaving is his way out. It's 
I don't know. Is, is there really more to it than this? Do you no. Think? No. No. There's That's really you know, it. different there's different just, things. His parents are getting a divorce. Um, and his brother is like having a hard time. Yes, his brother's having a hard time. I love the brother character. I would love like we could talk about the brother character for a long time and I think like what they do with him in the movie is really smart, but um yeah, I just I just really adored this movie when I watched it. And when I watched it again, there were parts that I kind of confused. I thought certain parts were at certain parts, but the whole essence of the movie was exactly how I remembered it, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the movie, Tara? Um, so I, again, had always... Like, you had always recommended this movie, mm-hmm. and then obviously, like, we tried... Like, we tried to see this in 2019 in, when we were in New York at New York Theater Yeah, all Workshop. that was available was, like, we were entering the lottery. We were entering lotteries, floor, yeah. Um, there might have been, like, a digital rush also, but, like, though, the, it was a very hard ticket. It was a very hard yeah. ticket to get. And everyone seemed to... We'll get more into this, but everyone seemed to really yeah. love it there. Then we had the trip planned for New York in 2020 in April, and we were going to yeah. go. It was going to be at the Lyceum. The tickets were on sale. We were like, those, we were like, going to go. $30 tickets in the, like, top, top of the Lyceum. Yeah. Um, and, be, and, like, and be there. And just see it. Um, so I think for that reason, because I always thought in my mind that we were going to see it, and I just never watched. And you've heard the cast recording, which is the same music. Exactly. Um, but I didn't watch the movie because I wanted to see it first because we were literally going to go. And then I feel like when we were discussing what to do for an episode, I'm like, well, are we ever going to see this? Let's just watch this movie and talk about it. Um, yeah. I loved it. I think it's so. like, it's... I don't want to say that it's very rare these days that you get a movie that's just, like, a lovely story. But, mm-hmm. like, you kind of do. And it's very, like, stripped back. You can tell that, like... I don't want to say that it's, like, lower budget because I think they did a really good job with what they had. But, like, we were just saying before we started recording, like, one of the things I loved was that they didn't try too hard on, like, their makeup because they're kids. Mm-hmm. So, like, they didn't cover that he had, like, rosacea. There's a scene when Lucy Boynton, who, like, she's not wearing any makeup. And, like, she would never not wear makeup in any movie that she's mm-hmm. in these days. It just felt like such a, like, lovely well-made like wholesome movie and then on top of that the music is so good it's like really really good stuff that we've said this before and we I can remember who the person is that like said it for the very first time but like when you see this movie you're like oh this movie sings this needs to be on stage like why is this not on stage and I would love to see it in like concert form like mm-hmm. literally anything it reminded me of coda i know the kid is in coda but it kind of reminded me like sure. of coda in like a, a sense f- a small almost a small family story mm-hmm. um you know they're in school so that's the similar a movie i was thinking about watching it and maybe because like ireland though this movie's in northern ireland but it reminded me a bit of belfast watching it this time and mm-hmm. I, I never saw belfast different yeah they are quite different but you know the idea of this kid in this family just trying to like make his way and see how it's gonna go. And Belfast had was a bit more high concept than this. Like this was very low concept. Like, mm. There was barely a concept. <laughs> it was literally just like a day in the life. That's what it kind of mm. felt like, which was like nice. Also, an hour and forty five minutes. Great. <laughs> um, no, I was it last episode or maybe two episodes ago. I was like. I love boring things, and I think yeah. this is one of those <laughs> one of those movies that falls into that category. We're not doing too much. We're not also, trying to distract. Like, There's no special effects. This is boring, but, like, in and, the best way. Yeah, and it's not a bad thing, but, like, you don't have to be, like, 
paying attention the entire time, like really focusing to know what's going on. It's just like, yeah, it's very simple. It's easy to like grasp the concept. And at the end of the day, it's just like a really well done, like piece of art. I don't know. Like, I mean, now is probably the time to like talk about the music, but I really Mm -hmm. think this music is the reason that Mm -hmm. even like a Broadway show was discussed because they took every song except for like a couple but everything that's written by like sing street is in the musical but my main question is because i always like struggle with this when looking at like movie musicals like what classifies a movie musical versus like a movie with music because to me i feel like this is more of a movie with music music than like a straight up musical do you know what i mean Almost all of the songs in this movie are what we would call diegetic. Are we familiar Mm. with this word? Are we going to do a vocabulary lesson for the audience here? I mean, we already talked about Stan, so let's do this one too. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. So in when the songs in a musical or in a movie are diegetic, the characters are aware that the song is happening. So a song that is non-diegetic is for the audience's ears only. So most of the songs in this movie are diegetic the characters are singing people are hearing them sing um but an example of a non-diegetic song in this movie is at the end let's say where they're on the boat leaving there's that and the song is go now, go now. It's sung by adam levine in the movie we'll, and that we'll get back like, to you adam levine in a second because i want to talk about him in a minute we'll get but back yes. to you adam levine in one moment but that song is non-diegetic because the characters are not aware that it's being sung if that's although in the musical i'm pretty sure yes. the characters sing it yeah Yes, so in the musical, I believe the brother character sings it. I think even in the movie, it's meant to be from his voice. I believe those lyrics are meant to be his words. They're meant to be, at the end of the movie, he gives him some lyrics to take with him. I think that song is meant to be those lyrics, those Mm -hmm. words. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so that's, so the, all these songs, are they propelling the plot forward? Like, yes and no. It's a hard question. See, it's there, hard to say. There's no story happening in the song, and yet we're at a different place when the song is over than when the song began. Right. And again, it's uh, like, I feel like if we saw this on stage, it would really help, like, figure this mentality yes, out. Yes, so true. But it's also hard to, like, I agree with exactly what you're saying, but also the story is about a band. So it would be weird if, like, they didn't sing. You know what I mean? No, so it's absolutely. like. I don't know. This is the only... There's, like, a couple other movies, I guess, I could think about this, too. But this one really stuck out to me of, like, is this truly a movie musical? They do sing about things that are happening in their lives. Like, they will write a song. You know, he writes a song about the riddle of the model. He writes a song about, you know, a beautiful sea. This girl has a beautiful sea. Or, like, uh, what's the one? Like, find you or dream you or something like that? I can't remember what it's called. To find you. To find you. To find you. You know... As their relationship changes, he's writing different kinds of songs about about Rafina. Um, is he writing about his family as much? Not as much. No, but I, I again another question I have: If anyone has seen Sing Street on stage, like please let us know. Like I'm assuming we go a little bit more into the storyline. However, like again, like there's only twelve songs on that cast recording, so mm-hmm. it's not. And there's eight songs. In the movie? That so, they write. Yeah, the that the Sing Street people write. The movie soundtrack wow. has Riddle of the Model, um, Up, Beautiful yeah. Sea. 
Mm-hmm. Drive it like you stole it. Girls to find you. Brown shoes. Seven. And then Go Now, which is the original song, but it's not... Um, it's not sung by Sing Street. It's not sung by them. Yeah. Which also, oddly on Spotify, is like, it's not available. It's grayed out on the album, the movie I soundtrack, the Adam Levine version. What? I, Spotify Canada, we gotta talk. What? Like, I need to hear Adam Levine's voice. <laughs> I mean, while we're here, we're gonna go into music, but let's start here because Adam Levine, I believe, also helped write. Did he only write this one? I thought he oh maybe God. was like supervisor. This is like kind of what I'm getting again from our most reliable source, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. That like we stand. he um, helped. So they had worked. John Carney um, had worked with Adam Levine in the movie Begin Again. This is where um, I want to go. Right. Let's talk about Begin Again. <laughs> because so Adam Levine obviously wrote this song Go Now, which is. I mean, I love this song. I, I like am obsessed with the way that this song is on the musical cast recording. It's so, so great. What a great way to end your album. really well done it's so good like the guitar the like almost like yelling the vocalizing Mm -hmm. that happens it's like it's really really good stuff it's like a release i believe so sorry i'm gonna interrupt for one minute so the brother character in the movie you never see him outside the house until the end he is always in the house he is like trapped in the end and so in the musical i believe you don't hear him sing until the end kind of to parallel that thing oh, that's wow. the only song he sings so he's trapped in that house and when his brother asks him at the end of the movie um can you or there's a moment earlier when he's like on the porch but he's still like within the confines of the house but he's like venturing he's slowly venturing is this the guy from love life yes right on the cast recording it is the guy from love life i can't yeah. remember his name right gus. now gus yeah, gus helper yes. yeah yes he was on that one episode of love life um well, Which when I watch when we watch Love Life in 2020, I'm like, oh my god, that's the guy from Sing Street. So like, really, one exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so yeah, they parallel or they they represent the same thing by having him like hold in his singing until this moment. Um, and so that's why it's such a release because it's been pent up the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so with this song "Go Now" again, written by Adam Levine, also um, as you said, uh, John Carney worked with him on "Begin Again." Which Lost Stars. A nice movie. Another another nice movie. Beginning again is like kind of in the same like vein yes. of like nice, lovely story. Again, I don't know if it's like a movie musical. That one's probably more of a no, movie no, no. with music than like Sing Street is. But yeah. like Lost Stars, maybe one of the best songs yes. Alvin has ever put out. It is <laughs> so good. It's so good. And when I was listening to Go Now, and then when I like realized that Adam Levine wrote that song, I'm like oh my god this makes so much sense like it's the same kind of vibe what year was begin again around like kind of the same time no 2012 maybe oh so way earlier oh 2013 yeah, 2013. yeah. okay yeah okay. so like four years in between Mark Ruffalo. i love that movie 
nice I love that, I love that song. Um, Lost Stars, a beautiful song. Love that song. Nominated for an Oscar. But are we No, they didn't give it the credit. They no. didn't give it the credit. Okay, so are you saying your favorite song in um Is no, Go Now? Okay. No. I just wanted saying? to bring up Adam Ovine, Lost Stars, That Connection. My favorite yep. song in Sing Street. I mean, there are like reasons. I think the most iconic song from this entire movie is Drive It Like You Stole It because yes. it's just literally the such a video. showstopper I of a song. I love the music video. Like It's so good. His imagining it's so good. Of it, his parents are there. His brother is there. Everyone is there. Rafina the like, is there. The, the principal, principal priest, whatever he is, like he's like doing, doing backflips and dancing. Um, yeah. It's just like literally what like it is a certified bop. Drive It Like You Stole It is a certified bop. So I would say just for, like, iconicness. Is this the actual finale? Beautiful, like... I think so. Because to me, that feels like where you want to... Like, where you want to go out on in that moment. But let's confirm. If anyone has seen Sing Street... We'll try and find a playbill after we record to find out where this actually is. But if anyone has seen Sing Street on stage, um, please let us know what the act one finale is. But yeah, I just think like out of the entire movie, this is probably the most iconic song to come out of yes. this band. However, I also love Up. I think it's beautiful. Up. Yes. Production of them singing up on the, on the yes, stage. I saw it's it. Good. Yeah, good. yes, I those are the top songs. The other one I would go with um, is Beautiful Sea. I like this, like this a duet moment. Is a beautiful sea. Um, so, so nice. Beautiful Sea is another one of my favorites. Like, those are my those are my top ones, I would say. Let me look at the Spotify listing um, and see and see if there's any other ones that need to be. I just remember it was early 2020. I don't remember off the top of my head what episode it was, but we were definitely recording at home. And I remember the Sing Street album coming out, and I 
I don't know if it was in our full Obsessions episode, but it was definitely like an obsession of yours. I actually remember. Was this Jacob episode Epstein episode? It was, it was Jacob Epstein's episode that we talked about it with. And it was your obsession um, Go Now? I think it was. It might have been Go Now. It might, or a Beautiful Sea. One of those. One of those. So that was what? April 2020? Three plus years ago. And I just remember like, so you had listened to that cast recording. This was in a time when like me and you were we're deep in a cast recording phase. We were listening to like every cast recording. It was a time. Octet was that year. A Strange Loop was that year. Like we like really got into, we really got, Alice by Heart was that year. Like we really got into our cast recordings that year. And I just remember you listening to Sing Street and you were like, you got to listen to this. And as soon as I listened to it, I was like, this is such a well mastered album. And I thought at the time, like what a great idea to put this out when you don't know the life of your Broadway show, because also, if we take it back in time, Sing Street was one of the first shows to announce that they wouldn't be coming back after their, like, two-week break. They were yeah. already going to go to, like, December. Delay. They were going to delay on purpose <laughs> because, like, they thought that they, if they delayed on purpose, then people would potentially buy tickets for when theater was back. Turns out theater wasn't back at that time. And then they, like, got canceled outright altogether. Now it's just, like, an unnamed Schubert Theater, maybe. Right. Well, that's like the most recent. So let's flash forward to 2022, Boston. So last mm. summer, I believe, was a another out-of-town tryout for Sing Street. Because although everyone loved the New York Theatre Workshop version of this show, I think everyone kind of agreed that it was a little surprising that it was going straight to Broadway. I think people mm. thought that it needed a second out-of-town somewhere just to like work out some of the kinks and then obviously COVID happened and then they had their second out of town tryout last summer almost entirely new cast almost entirely new cast and then what was so interesting to me which I'm going to pull up right now is the um song list the musical numbers list um you know Sonia Taye is a choreographer on this do we know that I do and I absolutely love that I know um so in New York Theatre Workshop, I'm just going to name them off. Um, The show opens with Just Can't Get Enough, which is on the cast recording. Obviously Mm -hmm. not like a Sing Street song. Um, And then the second song is Riddle of the Model. In Boston, Just Can't Get Enough is cut, and it starts with Riddle of the Model, which I thought was an interesting move there. Then we go again. So like Up is the second song, which it is the second song. But then we immediately get an Up reprise by Rafina, Mm -hmm. which is very different to... The original. And it then... Like giving her more opportunities to sing, if that makes sense, in the Boston run versus the mm, original run. Yeah. Um, and then there's a new song here, um, Go On, which mm. I don't even know if I've heard. I don't think we've heard nope. it. Um, then we have A Beautiful Sea, Girls, um, To Find You, much earlier in the Boston run than it was in the New York Theater. It was like second last song. Now it's like close to the top. Yeah. Um, then Drive It Like You Stole It, which to me, that is where the act break would be. Yeah, um, in Boston, Make it that, like music video, put everyone yeah. in a fun costume. Yeah, the entire cast is on stage. Yeah. Um, then we get up down version, which is on the cast recording. Faith of Our Fathers, Brown Shoes, To Find You a Prize, and then we still end with Go Now. Oh, but yeah. this time yeah. it's Brendan and company. And com- oh, so and it says at the Give bottom that of this page. Moment. Yeah, um, it says all songs were taken from the original film except Just Can't Get Enough, Faith of Our Fathers, and Dream for You. Dream for You, but Dream for You was cut from the Boston run. So, 
like I have so many questions here because what happened in those two years like did the team go back to the writing like boards like why did we overhaul the cast like what happened and are we ever going to find out so to me cast is probably just based on availability Mm -hmm. you know it's been years people get older they age out of parts these are parts for teenagers um and just your availability to do a months-long run of something yeah it just changes i i don't think there's anything to be like wondering about why the cast changed in my in my opinion i don't think they're like oh we hate all these people i think it's just like look two years later we we just needed to recast Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it does seem that there were, there are significant structural changes that have happened and it's hard to comment on what we haven't seen either production. We're just kind of based off on reviews and postings and kind of word of mouth what happened. But looking even just at the song list, it looks like, you know, seeing, uh, Brendan and company as opposed to just Brendan, they've added to make it bigger, to maybe to make it suit a bigger house because this story to me is very intimate and does it necessarily, as it's written in the movie, does it necessarily suit a Broadway house or is it better in like a smaller, more intimate venue? Mm-hmm. Also with this Boston run, um, I read a bunch of reviews last summer and although people still like liked the story, obviously loved the music, the general consensus was that it needed another out of town mm-hmm. tryout. That it wasn't sure. like quite ready to move to ready. Broadway yet. So I don't know. You know, something that I remember us saying, and we're going to laugh about it now, but back in 2020, we were like, Sing Street and Almost Famous should not go in at the same season because they'll just like... You're so right. Almost Famous will just like take up all the air out of Sing Street. And then turns out Almost Famous was a huge flop. Um, Sing Street is nowhere to be seen. Well, do you think (laughs) that the like flopness of Almost Famous like sent a message to the Sing Street team? Um, because like question. musical style wise, it's pretty similar. Yeah, somewhat. You know, we're and, like a time apart. period, we're like seventies versus eighties. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the idea of like a young kid discovering music because Almost Famous was also victim to they had I think their run was at it was at the Globe Theater in San Diego, I believe, mm-hmm. was the out of town tryout. Everyone loved it there and then when it transferred to broadway they also made a ton of structural changes changes, which was apparently for the worst i mean i saw it it was not good but like i knowing what i know about sing street and knowing what i know about almost famous like movie wise like almost famous should have worked and it didn't right so yeah no i know I don't know if the Sing Street... Is a wonderful movie. Yeah, I, and there's also just, like, a lot more going on that they could, like, grab onto. But, like, maybe they do need to lean into, like, an intimate... I don't know, maybe this is what we say with a lot of shows. Maybe this doesn't need Broadway. Maybe Broadway is the wrong place for it. But then I think of something like Once, right? Right. Which I do think worked on Broadway, mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. And they're not exactly the same, but... Once is extremely intimate on stage, is extremely small. And I don't say small, I mean the story is small. The the world that the characters are occupying is so small. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's similar with Sing Street. 
you know, up until the very end, it's so like, it's so insular, like the world that they live in is very small. And so if they're able to do something like they did with once and kind of just wrap the audience up in this small world, I think it could work, but it's, it, there's like some romance, but the love story is a little bit different. You have to buy really into this kid as opposed to like that relationship. And like, hate to say it, but if that kid is not like spectacular, then your show is done. Yeah. He has to be really like charismatic and charming. Yeah. Especially like live, like in your face, in front of you. Um, But all that to say, I do actually think that like the theater scene is missing a show like this right Mm -hmm. now. Because yeah. everything seems so, like, big and, or a revival. Like, there's nothing, this, to me, this feels, like, so original. And mm-hmm. the music, the original music that they created for this is so great that it almost feels like, it almost feels like a waste. And I know this happens, like, literally every day that, like, you workshop something and gets thrown in the garbage. But, like, they've been so close for so <laughs> many years that I just want to see it happen. Yeah, I I know it's true. And yeah, you we are missing things that are let's say like low budget. And when I say low budget, I don't mean cheap to produce, but I mean I don't know, how much set do you need? You know, you barely need a band because the characters are playing the instruments as well. Um Yeah, that's you true. Know, you're not having this like huge lighting thing. You're not having a huge everything you know everything that's happening you see on stage and it's it's simple and yeah there's not as much shows there's no big set like there's not so much that and I'm also the, right now that has the interesting thing about this um is that like because it's so simple you could really play into the dream sequence music video aspect mm. of this yeah, you could really go, play around and have fun with that make like a huge contrast for that moment which they did what? on their youtube videos like they really did Mm -hmm. that so I wonder like from what we've seen of that like new production if you watched up also then like Mm -hmm. it's a very like bare set with it almost looks like someone's basement there's like a piano and then there's like a sheet that is um there's projection on it which to Mm -hmm. me would be like this is how they like watch the music videos is like on this projected Mm -hmm. like sheet but like imagine a drive it like you stole it scene on stage when like you literally go into the dream sequence it's like not comparable but i'm gonna make this comparison of like house of holbein and six it's like that kind of a moment where (laughs) it's it's just like so different from what you've seen before yeah which is why it has impact Yeah, yeah no i know yeah. Call me. I have suggestions. I'm ready to. <laughs> I'm ready we to get this on its feet. Out of town it here first. Let's do it. Pitch. Yeah, come to Toronto. Do it out of town here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah it, it's hard to comment on because we haven't seen it. And it's definitely probably still in development. Probably the next production that sees the light of day will be different from what they most recently did. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's funny. The cast recording is out. Or mm-hmm. that original version of the cast recording is out. And then by the time it makes it, let's say, to its quote-unquote final version, there might be all these changes um, that the cast recording doesn't reflect. It's also, I would say, very rare that a cast recording like this came out for a show that no longer has like a launch date on Broadway. 
Um, Mm -hmm. I think they obviously, like, it was a good move to record that when they did, not knowing that the pandemic was going to happen. But also, like, you have this album that audiences are now listening to, and they can never see something on stage of it. So it's kind of like a weird... I don't think they obviously planned for this to happen. But now I'm also so curious to know, like, in 2020, should the pandemic not have happened, like, what do you think the life of Sing Street, like, would have been? in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, we were even commenting back on the time, like, the Lyceum felt really big for this. Um, It's a very, like... I mean, we've both been there now because we saw a strange loop there. So it's, like, pretty steep. Um, It goes, like, pretty high up. And if you're not going to use the space properly, like you can kind of like get drowned by it so yeah and it's interesting like a strange loop is kind of a quote-unquote small show until it's not right you know it's very um uh manual almost uh everything happens you know in the front of the stage until it doesn't yeah so they they take advantage of that big space Right. In the beginning, you're like, hmm, why are we in the space? And then you understand why. And I wonder if Sing Street would be able to do something kind of similar, being like, oh, it starts small. And then it's like, look at all this space that we have and look at what we've created. And we've created this bombastic moment as a contrast mm-hmm. to what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also remember when we were looking at tickets, like there was so many available. So like it, it wasn't selling well. Heavy sale. They yeah. Heavy sale on them. It's kind of interesting um, because like the last show right before Sing Street that was in the Lyceum was Be More Chill, who also did not do well, but they had an amazing, like, um, was it MCC? Is that where, I think that's where I saw it, um, run. Like, their off-Broadway run was mm-hmm. sold out, like, but again, like, 200-person theater, where it's, like, a very intimate thing. And then their downfall, I think, was what we talked about literally on our Be More Chill episode, like, however many years ago, was that the target audience was young and they couldn't afford Broadway prices. And I actually think that kind of would ring true for for this, too. It's also, like, it's not name recognition. Not many people have seen this movie. Yeah. There's no star power, it seems. Like, no star casting, no star casting. Um, So, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to understand or hard to know... We did get to see it be marketed a bit that first year, and I wonder how different the marketing would be now, but I don't think they were necessarily marketing it correctly, or the marketing wasn't having the impact that it needed to have to sustain a run on Broadway. Um, It's actually super interesting to bring that up, because we talked about this, like, a few episodes ago now, but, like, the influencer of it all, and I would be interested with a show specifically like this to see what... A social media presence could do for mm, it so true i think you a marketing campaign a i know but i think a marketing campaign would be like super interesting for a show like this like why not like put band posters of sing street all around new york city like i yeah, want to see that band. yeah again i'm really ready with lots of ideas so like Let's someone go. just call me up we're standing it yeah and then if like if it ever did transfer and something ever happened can't wait for the show to be licensed and then see it regionally because i think that's really really where it would thrive i agree i agree this show needs to be licensed and now it's kind of in a limbo where it's crazy they're not licensing it they don't know they're gonna have a broadway production at this point um they might have another out of town or another regional production nobody knows and as an audience member I'm just like, I want to see this. When will I get that opportunity? Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say on the movie? 
I did. I had one thing to say on the movie. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Um, how do you interpret the ending of the movie? Like what happens to them? Yeah. So I think you kind of like explained at the beginning, but they basically like go on a boat and they like go off to, it's London, right? Is that where they're going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think they actually go. I don't really, like, when they see the people on, like, the cruise ship, I'm like, what's happening here? Like, I'm <laughs> confused. Um, I, they definitely do not end up together is what happens in my mind, is that they sure. both, like, needed this, they needed this, like, friendship, like, fake mm-hmm. half romance for, like, each other, but not, like, to be with each other. They just, like, yeah. needed it individually. Um, I would like to believe that, like, she gets what she wants in the end, but I feel like he goes back. I don't know why, but I feel like he goes back to his family. He goes back to his family. I mean, he's a 15-year-old, so, like... I mean, she's, like, 16, so... She's 16. I know. It's crazy. Um, no, I brought that up because I was reading the IMDb trivia, as I do. Yeah. Um, and there's a quote from John Carney, the writer-director, um, where he talks about the ending, and I thought it was really interesting because that's not how I interpreted it when I saw it. I'm someone who takes things at face value. You know what I mean? You I thought they literally just, like, went on a boat and went away? I... I, I don't think that I didn't think that deeply about it. I was just like, wow. I will say that was the one part of the movie that I was movie. like, it's art. it doesn't have to all be literal. You know what I mean? It's no, hundred like, percent. But we were like very literal, like all the way through. Yes. Although of like the like music video dream sequences, why? Which is why I thought that maybe this was like a dream sequence as okay. well. Let's go. Let me talk about. But but I I did think that it was like a weird way to end the movie. Yeah, it's open, and I love an open ending. I know. So let me read this quote by John Carney about the ending. Um, He said, well, I don't see it just as a happy romantic ending. I think that's the tone of the piece, but I think it's more like they're setting off together. That's true. But I wouldn't say that's some huge relationship that's going to last forever. They're kids. I sort of hope the scene at the end would look a little like a fantasy sequence. You're supposed to wonder where the reality ends and the pop video begins. But people are actually taking it very seriously and people are presuming it's fully real, which is interesting. That wasn't the intention. Wow, I feel like I fully nailed it. You fully nailed it, Tara. I was like, wow, Tara's nailing this. I did not. Again, I'm someone who just like takes it. Down to the point that I was like, she goes, he comes back. They don't end up together. It looks like a music video. No, you nailed it. You absolutely interpreted the ending correctly. Wow. Um, Again. I'm no, available for phone calls for Sing Street on stage, so like, let I'd me be know. interested to see how they stage that moment. I think there's definitely no boat. Sta- <laughs> well, I think maybe on stage they can maybe make that transition a bit more obvious. You know, you start maybe in a real way of them leaving, and then it maybe becomes like psychedelic or becomes dream sequency or well, something. Like go now, as we talked about earlier, like the. Um, trajectory of that song starts very mellow and then we like hit a beat when he like plays like strums the guitar like really hard so i i would imagine that could be like where you go into like alternative reality like that would be the moment yeah and i think i think on stage you kind of have sometimes more freedom to do stuff like that i literally Uh, like picture i picture the end of this like show on stage just them just like rocking out with their guitars on stage, like everyone just dancing around with like the lights going crazy. I don't know why, but like that's what I want. I just that's want like want. a free flowing, like fun, fun musical, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Get everyone, <laughs> let's go, let's dance. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what the bows are too. I wonder if there's like a song they play at the end. I'm sure we can kind of find, I don't know, there's like really nothing from the New York Theater Workshop. Like no Very one, limited. no one filmed the bows. Was this like before filming bows was acceptable? 
This is 2019, so kind of? Like, do we just not care now? Is that what it is? I do think we kind of don't care. In the UK a lot, it's very accepted. Sometimes they'll even say you can take out and film your bows. Oh, yeah. Everyone um, is filming the Mamma Mia Mega Mix in the UK. Yeah. But na- but, but Broadway, six kind I still of, think... Yeah. yeah, six really blurred that line. But Broadway, I still think, is a little more rigid on it. People do it all the time. Um, but Broadway is still a little more rigid on those kind of rules, I think. Yeah. Um... So, yeah. Because I remember it almost famous, like, everyone pulled out their phones for when they sang. And I'm sure a lot of shows are now creating a filmable moment for their vows, you know? For social media, yeah. For social media, you know, it doesn't work for all shows, but they might be doing a bit more choreography after the bows or making them a bit interesting so that people want to watch them or people want to watch them. Like maybe, is this a Beetlejuice thing? You know, I was going to say different every night that, but like two good examples of shows that are currently on right now, back to the future does a whole musical number for their bows now with Mm. like handheld microphones. And then once upon a one more time, they're like encouraging Everyone yes. to film that. Yeah. Absolutely. And like doing a musical number post vows is not new. No. But I do think that when they're doing it now, when they're thinking about it now, they're thinking about the social media moment. They're thinking about someone posting it on TikTok. Um, they're thinking about someone, you know, being like, first preview bows, almost famous, whatever. Yeah. Um, no, it's true. They're thinking about that when they're, when they're staging that moment. Um, in a way that they weren't before, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly think if this show ever made it, like, social media marketing would be a huge thing with it. I think it would, like, really benefit them in this mm-hmm. day and age of, I don't know. There's so many apps, though, now. It's it's like, a little confusing where what is threads to get information. <laughs> no, I know, because Twitter is obviously falling apart at the seams. And then there's threads, which uh, there's not really that much you know uptake on it there is but there isn't like people made the account but no one's really on there no i would say for like the content that we're like looking for here like tiktok is the space now absolutely it does seem like tiktok is the space for like um i mean some of the people that we follow like ashley hufford kate uh theater is life like they're posting their daily like Here's my trip to the theater, which includes and they're speaking. Like, they're speaking directly to us. Playbill, bows, like all of that is in there. So I do think that TikTok is the place for that. I don't know. It'd be it would be interesting to see. I'm actually interested in like all shows marketing plans going forward after what we saw from Shucked. So Yeah. It's kind of like an exciting time in that sense, but also kind of scary. But I do think that Broadway is missing a show like this. So I don't know. I don't know that we'll ever know. Um, It will be interesting to look back on this one day and be like, remember when we talked about that movie Sing Street and it's life on Broadway? And nothing ever happened with it. But we're going to reshare this episode. We're going to open some Broadway. We're going to reshare this episode. And be like, we were there when. We've been talking about this musical. Well, not me, but like, you were there then. You were ready. I was there. I watched this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Should we rank it? Oh, out of five? Or ten. Out of ten. Are we, are we doing ten now? Okay. Uh, I'm going to give the movie nine out of ten brown shoes. Wow. I thought you would go ten out of ten, but I you're never a ten out of ten, I feel. Uh, what? One day there will be a ten out of ten, but no, no, no. 
Oh, I actually, I think West Side Story was like a five out of five for you oh, when we saw it. I did love that. Yeah. I did really love West Side Story. Um, okay, I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10 um, eyeliners because I feel like we didn't talk about the makeup journey that he goes through in this movie. I love where she shows up and she's like, I can do makeup for all of you. I love her. I love her character. I think she's so funny. We yeah, her character is her. so funny. She she says this to someone and they're like, I don't need makeup. You know who else is really funny? I don't even know his name. He's not even in the band, but like the cute little redhead kid. Those so cute. Are so <laughs> little. They're so young. Yeah. that's That adds to it as well. Oh my God. When they filmed the first music, the riddle of the model, I can't remember his character's name but the black person in the band moving the keyboard so he's like right front and center killed me that whole killed scene me. in general and they go to his house and they're like talking to him as he's as if he like just moved there yesterday he's like you want to play in our band he's like yeah sure like that's the vibe of it and that's yeah. the thing um you have to be able to capture that like innocence on stage which is mm-hmm. very hard if they're cast older yes i think they intentionally looked for teenagers who did not have very much experience to try and yeah. capture that authentically um yeah, yeah the, the actor who played Eamon loved him thought he was so good and what you were saying earlier like the songwriting scenes is like mm-hmm. these kids shouldn't be doing this at that age they shouldn't be like gotta get together to write a song about my feelings but like they are and it's so was, wholesome it felt so it felt very boy it felt very teenage boy like I can't just have a discussion about my emotions. I have to, you know, frame it as we're writing a song for our band. Yeah. But he actually just wanted to talk, get together with his friend and be like, this is what I'm going through. This is what's happening to me. Like, it's I need to work this same, out. It's kind of the same in the final, like, uh, music sequence when they're performing in the gym and they break their mold and they sing To Find You. And he's mm-hmm. like, it's a slow song. And even is like, just do it. Like, it's a great song. Just do it. I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is the this is the moment. Like, it's just, it's yeah, very, yeah. I don't know. It's so wholesome. Like being it's vulnerable. such a wholesome movie. And, of course, the end when they, like, you know, this might be our first and last performance. And they put on the mask. Yeah. So, like, I know. Baxter. I loved so it. Funny. And everyone has them. So I would funny. recommend this movie to anybody. It's, anybody. like, it's a good movie. Like, it's a, it's a family movie, I would say. It's also, like, a good movie to just, like, throw on. I would literally watch it again. Like, no notes. Um... Very good. And yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll obviously be keeping up to see Sing Street's life. Um, it was removed from that Playbill website of like upcoming. So, but the Wikipedia page still says eyeing Broadway. So we'll see what happens. Um, I, mean, I wonder, did they ever create an Instagram account? I don't even know. Like to see if that was like active. Um, Let's find out. But yeah, the last that we have heard of Sing Street was its Boston run, August 2022. And now we are almost a full year later and still waiting for its run on Broadway. So Sing Street Broadway posted on Instagram for the last time in March 12th, 2021. Um, So that's where we're at right now. That's really where we're at right now. Um, It will be interesting to see if this ever makes it to the stage. And um, you better believe if it ever goes to Broadway, we will be going. So Absolutely. 100%. So yeah, that's our thoughts on Sing Street. And now it's time for our obsession of the week. Okay, this obsession, I have to credit um, the Twitter account, Chris Peterson, on stage blog, because he tweeted 
a performance from the musical It Should Have Been You at the Tony Awards in 2015. Did you see this, Terry? No, but I know that musical. Wasn't it, what's her name in that musical? Sierra Boggess? It was like Sierra Boggess and what's Neil Patrick Harris's husband's name? David Burtka? Yes. They started it? They started it? I was and in New York. I was in New York when that show was on because I remember seeing like signage everywhere. Yes. It was about a wedding that happened. Um, I barely know what it's about. Really do not come to me for a plot summary. <laughs> but the performance that they did at the Tony Awards that I remember at the time and that I got to revisit when someone tweeted about it, um, which is why it's so valuable to have recorded versions of... There is also a cast recording. Why it's so valuable I thought you were going to say, which versions. is why it's so valuable to have Twitter. <laughs> it is valuable to have Twitter. And Elon, give it back. Give it, <laughs> give it back to the people. Um, I, I said the other day to my family, I was like, I miss... Like pre-Trump Twitter, if that makes sense. Oh my God, yeah. Like 2015. Yeah. What a time. Yeah. Miss those days. Um, <laughs> Twitter was, Twitter was the best. Um, so, no, why it's so valuable to have uh, recorded versions of performances for musicals because it allows you to revisit them and remember them in a way you wouldn't necessarily have remembered them. So the song that was performed at the Tony Awards was sung by Lisa Howard and it's called Jenny's Blues and she just she just sounds amazing she is singing her face <laughs> off and a little something else and a lot of something extra and a great big heap of something something else to say it is a climactic emotional moment in the show i do know how the show ends that kind of made me laugh but this can i, I don't know can i tell, yeah, tell can me. I spoil this um so basically there are two main characters played by sierra Bogus and david burka um they're the bride and groom at this wedding and the plot twist at the end is that he is a gay man and she is a lesbian and they were getting married as like i honestly don't know i have not seen this musical this is from the Wikipedia summary. And I was just like... But why is it called It Should Have Been You? Because then they're both supposed to be with like other people. Like they're in love with other people who are guests at the wedding. It should have been you. So, I mean, again, I'm asking a question and I feel like you don't know the answer because you haven't seen it. But like, do they get to the altar? Like, do we get to the I do moments? And then they're like, actually, wait. No, I think it's a bit earlier um, that this discovery is made that this discovery is made wow huh. the original broadway cast has montego glover tyne daly wow harry harriet harris chip zion speaking of and l nathan speaking of <laughs> um look wow. at that what a cast look at that what a cast um it did not last very long on broadway um but it will forever live in the cast recording and specifically the song Jenny's Blues, sung by Lisa Howard. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. And soon, welcome back to Broadway, Sierra Bogus in Harmony, the Barry Manilow musical. Yep. Well, <laughs> sounds exciting. Okay, Tara, also featuring Chip Zion. Chip Zion, speaking up. Okay, my obsession this week. Um, I 
feel like if you were to ask me a year ago if this song would be an obsession, I would say absolutely not. Because if you go back to our season preview, you know that I basically trashed Josh Groban, um, being like, I can't see him as a Sweeney Todd. I don't understand it. Well, yeah, well, then I listened to Epiphany, and I literally have not stopped listening to it since it's been released. Who's there? You, sir? No one's in the chair. Come on, come on! Sweeney's waiting. I want you bleeders. You, sir? Anybody? Gentlemen, now don't be shy. Not one man, no, nor ten men, nor a hundred men. weird thing right now that they're only releasing like individual tracks they have not released a full cast recording yet and it's been like two months um but i mean not while i'm around was released the other day and i was very surprised at gayton's vocals he sounds amazing so listen to that one too but epiphany i love this song anyway it's like the one song that has always been a standout to me from sweeney todd um I think the that Josh sounds so good on this and he doesn't sound like his typical like you raise me up Josh Groban I'm like oh this is Broadway this is Tony nominated Broadway actor Josh Groban and if this is the performance that he's giving on stage I feel like I would really love it but my favorite part of this um song that they've released is the orchestrations. It's like actually unbelievable what they're doing with these orchestrations. And I really hope that everything that we read about this production about how bad the orchestrations are in theater isn't true because if it doesn't sound like this, then I don't want it. I know, I know. Like that's the, that's the like crazy thing to me. This just made me think of, which is like very off topic, um, but that rent that is going to the Kennedy Center with uh, Alex Boniano and, and Ruth Feldman, it's a 96-piece orchestra. Did you know this? I didn't. That's amazing. I was like, 96 pieces? I'm so curious to hear that sounds, because that's a lot of instruments. I know. We've never been to... Kennedy Center is, like, on a list of a list of a list, I think, of places to get to eventually. Um, yeah. But, like, what was... I think Sweeney is 30-something? I can't remember. I think it's 36. Um, person orchestra, which is, like, very large for Broadway, so, like, Mm-hmm. almost triple that is insanity to me for rent like it's that feels crazy but it is like a short run concert yeah. version so that's um, kind of the purpose of it but yeah that's kind of like the downfall of i mean i don't know we haven't seen sweeney but like again these orchestrations i think is the reason that people are like running back to see this show because it's the first time that it's been done as like originally intended with a full orchestra and if you're not getting what it sounds like like it does on this cast recording then like we really got to reevaluate the sounds in our theaters no i sometimes the sound mix is really hard and it's mixed for a certain spot in the theater and not for everybody else if you're on the side sometimes things sound funny yeah um which is frustrating because you've still paid a very expensive amount for your ticket mm-hmm. um so no, it's yeah true. sound mix sound mix is rough that is our roundabout way of an obsession of the week. And also our thoughts on Sing Street. Um, like we said this entire episode, I don't know. We'll see where this lands. We'll see where it ends up. Um, we'll be keeping track. And if anyone has seen Sing Street, I would love to know what your thoughts of the stage production are. Um, so, yeah. You can listen to any of our other episodes um, by subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a 
comment and a rating on Apple Podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at OctoBY Podcast and Threads, I guess. I know. I was going to say, should we still two? be promoting Twitter? Are we? I don't know anymore. Are we off We're, to B-Way Podcast on Threads? Yeah, it's the same as your Instagram account. Great. It's the exact same as your Instagram account. Um, or follow us on TikTok. We're having a good time on TikTok. Yeah. Um, and let us know what you think the potential life of Sing Street is. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.